0: Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 160. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have another guest, Nick Siomatsu. Kip, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm really excited to have you on, because today we're going to be talking about the significance of customer service. And I want to talk about it because I don't think most people consider its role in our daily or weekly or habitual lives very much. But I would contend, as I think you might as well, that it exposes some pretty meaningful truths about how we all interact with one another and some details underlying our society, our cultural beliefs, etc. And to give the audience a bit of an impression, you have some experience with customer service working at a local pharmacy, and perhaps it might be a good beginning point to explain some of your initial experiences or what you thought before you began that job.
1: When I first started working at my pharmacy, I didn't really know what to expect. It was very much brand new to me. Of course, throughout my entire life, previously I had gone into retail stores, I had talked to some cashiers, but I didn't really understand what it was like to talk to hundreds of people throughout the day and then to talk to some of those same people multiple times a week, multiple times a month, to see them constantly, to remember people's faces, to have to remember certain things about customers, certain things about interacting with people. I was unprepared for a lot of the social cues that are required when you're working in customer service. So related to the idea of social cues, One of the reasons
0: I think this is a really great topic for this particular podcast is that, as you and I have agreed prior to recording, customer service is related to the idea of having really good conversations. It requires good listening, like you said, reading of social cues, potentially body language, tone, etc. And in the same way that I hope this podcast can make people think differently about how to go about conversations and be more thoughtful... I also think on both the customer and the employee side, we could all be more thoughtful about the customer service experience. And I'd love to know some of the elements that you think people, again on both sides, might not always consider
1: in that interaction between customer and employee. One thing right off the bat, and this applies to both parties, is that we're all human. One of the most glaring problems is that both sides frequently forget the other side is human. They both have a very specific objective when going into this interaction. The customer wants their items, the employee wants to get paid. With both of those in mind, as surface thoughts for both parties, it's interesting that good customer service truly bridges that difference and can mean all of the difference for a good interaction. And I'm really happy that you bring up the humanity
0: in both sides, because it may seem obvious to people listening right now, but a number of us, myself included, do fall victim to the monotony of it all in the consumer chaos that we often experience. And it's really dangerous and even subconsciously unfair to fall victim to that sort of thinking, because we do immediately dehumanize other people for the sake of our own priorities And one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this topic with you is that I think you could learn a lot about a society by examining that specific relationship area where consumers and employees have to interact because they each want something from the other. And I think those interactions are especially telling because oftentimes the consumer holds certain authority or power. They have the money at the end of the day and their opinion as well as their dollar or other currency in another nation speaks volumes. And so it really saddens me when I see consumers mistreat or, as you alluded to, dehumanize, whether intentionally or not, the employees with whom they are dealing. Because it says a lot when you have the power, you have the money that could be spent at that business, and you're not respecting the person on the other end of the desk or wherever they might be. And I'd love to know what you think about that concept. Have you witnessed any profound statements or representations of our social
1: contracts when you've been on the job? Absolutely they are very common adjectives used to describe difficult customers, and the ones used are impatient, entitled. They don't have the time of day to care about the minor interaction. To say again, they're exclusively focused on their priority of getting an item and leaving. There are a number of customers who even respond poorly to good customer service or respond poorly to friendliness. They respond poorly to excitement when they themselves are not excited. And so it's also worth mentioning that it's important to be able to read those types of people as well and to anticipate their problems before you even have to deal with it
0: which is really interesting and on the surface, perhaps on a level of naivete, I would think who wouldn't want to be cheered up, but we've all had bad days where frankly, we don't want to interact with anyone and the fact that going out to pick up an item or run errands is often a chore by nature and inherently negative, perhaps some people feel most comfortable when that negativity remains at a consistent rate and they don't want to see it fluctuate for no reason. And I'm glad that you mentioned reading people, because oftentimes trying to cheer someone up who doesn't want it can be very rough for both sides. But do you think in the realm of customer service that sometimes it is worth trying to push through and see if you can connect with someone on that level
1: to, in fact, brighten their day? One of the things I learned very quickly going into this field is you don't know what someone experienced on a given day. Maybe it was the best day of their life, or maybe it was the worst. And I have seen a lot of each. And so to act in one extreme, either positive or negative, is very consequential. You don't want to make an assumption based on anything. And so I've created a customer service persona, which is very professional, which is kind and pleasant, but to the point and expedient, because there are customers who do not have the time of day for a joke, They don't have the time of day for small talk that is oftentimes inappropriate. And so being able to juggle both expediency and personality is paramount. To me, this idea
0: of a professional persona is really interesting because I think on the surface, a lot of people, perhaps myself in a more pessimistic mood, might find that fake and say, oh, well, he's not being real. He's not being genuine. But I would counter that thought in both myself and others and say that sometimes it presents a psychological or social opportunity. It becomes a tool which is necessary to complete those tasks more effectively. And I do think efficiency is sometimes a term that gets thrown around and creates a culture where all we care about is the bottom line. And productivity and it's not about human interactions but as you've said sometimes the most effective and positive conversations may be those in which we're not forcing something that someone really does not feel comfortable with so i have a lot of respect for that approach and i would urge listeners especially professional ones to think about ways in which they don't always have to be themselves on the job and might even feel more inspired or encouraged by adopting a persona not necessarily in an inauthentic way, but one which reflects the values that you might hold more deeply, but have trouble expressing, which is not to say that you, Nick, are not naturally polite or positive, but as a longtime friend of yours, I'm very encouraged to know that you're utilizing those traits of yourself and perhaps modulating them as circumstances necessitate when you are on the job.
1: I love how you use the term authenticity, When I first stepped into the job, I immediately recognized things I did and didn't want to do. Ways that I wanted to differentiate how I interacted with people than others did. And one of those was to be genuine. I say the same 10 to 20 lines to every single customer I see every day. And one of the difficulties I find is realizing if that's genuine or if this is a script. Which is to say, if I am a robot or if I'm a human being trying to talk with other human beings. Because I do say some of the same things every day, a lot of authenticity gets lost in conversation. It gets lost throughout the countless interactions I have every day. And one of the things I encourage my fellow coworkers, people I've helped train, is to find your own authenticity. There are certain values at My Pharmacy which are used to guide employees through every interaction. In this case, it's greet, offer, and thank. Now, needless to say, you don't have to thank every shopper for shopping with us that day thank you can just be, have a great day. Greet doesn't have to be, welcome to my store. It can be, hey, how's it going today? And so finding variation for yourself that feels comfortable ends up becoming so valuable on any given day, and it takes a lot of time to develop that.
0: And I have a lot of respect for the time that you and other customer service employees at any number of businesses take to actually develop those skills and those habits because even if these are chores for the average consumer and they spend minutes, not a lot of time in the store, maybe even seconds if they have to return something quickly, I'm a firm believer that those interactions will stick with them. And if there is someone who can be positively influenced by the interactions they have with you or other employees, that joyful emotion can sustain itself well beyond the store. And long after you or others have interacted with that particular consumer, so they might go home in a much better mood because of something you said. And so to listeners or anyone who might think this isn't a significant topic or can't tell us a lot about our humanity, I really do believe that it's quite significant and worthy of time. And maybe there might even be a listener right now who is using this podcast to entertain them as they go to run an errand. And so I would say, think about this as you reach the store, as you park your car, et cetera, because you might be about to interact with an employee. And I do think that it is a two-way relationship that many times we believe, as you'd mentioned earlier, employees are there to get paid. But as we've said, they're human too. And I think customers could do a lot to make employees' lives easier, better, and more varied to introduce some flavor into their experience because they have to stay at the store after
1: you're through with your transaction. Yeah, on so many occasions, I remember vividly my day being so much better in little ways because someone was kind to me because someone went out of their way to make me feel better, whether that was because they gave me a compliment or because they were friendly back, or if sometimes they weren't a pain at all. The idea that little things in our very monotonous lifestyles can have a great impact on your day-to-day is something I often lose track of and something that, when I do remember, it propels me to try and do better. Needless to say, it's still incredibly important to keep in mind boundaries, and to keep in mind being able to read body language and read people's faces that you can better understand how to converse with someone. But when the opportunity does arise, being positive, being friendly, being kind has an enormous impact on at least my day-to-day
0: And of course, positivity, kindness, and showing a fun or lighthearted attitude present numerous opportunities to make someone's day better through social contact, which I mentioned very intentionally because we've talked a lot about humanity and human interaction in our discussion of customer service. But of course, if you pick up the phone and call, for example, a pharmacy, You might be greeted by a robotic or computerized voice, which of course has been programmed to offer very specific, mechanically limited options to the customer's calling. From the customer side, I've had perfectly fine experiences where I know exactly which buttons to press, and I complete that interaction, if you can call it that, with minimal difficulties. But I don't know that I can ever have an improved day because of that robotic interaction because a robot, although it can be programmed to say positive things, doesn't have the human experience that adds weight to those statements. And so as a human who participates in the employee side of customer service, Do you think that that's something you will always have over machines? And do you think there are certain circumstances where you might as well have a robot perform that task because a robot
1: won't get upset or fed up where a human employee might? Sometimes I think I have an advantage over other humans for this same upcoming reason. As far as interaction is concerned, a robot, I feel, will never have the same advantages a human has. When I talk, I can vary my tone. I can say things excitedly or in a more somber, serious tone if I really wanted to. A machine can't do that, and people recognize the monotone nature of a machine. When you call retail and an employee picks up, not a machine, sometimes they're no better than a machine. They answer the phone, they say their prepared line very quickly without very much care, and it might as well be a robot. When I first started working in retail, I spent every single car ride to get to work practicing lines over and over in my head so that I could make them not sound monotonous, so I could make them seem lively and genuine and engaged. Engagement is a huge part of customer service, perhaps the biggest. If you're able to effectively engage with someone, that speaks volumes for how an interaction can go. Needless to say, there are some advantages to a robot. A robot will never be emotional. Being emotional as a cashier or as any kind of customer service employee is one of the most dangerous but also most rewarding things you can be. If you're the type of person to respond well to positivity, you will excel. But if you also respond poorly to negativity, you put yourself in a deeper hole than if you were a robot. Most commonly, negative experiences are a direct result of a cashier failing in a basic duty to be personable or to be respectful. It's worth mentioning that sometimes there's no way to avoid it. Sometimes you're being yelled at. Sometimes you're being accused of things that you didn't do. Sometimes someone's just trying to get a rise out of you. But it happens. And regardless of whether it was your fault or not, sometimes the customer is right. And that can be devastating to your own psyche on the day to day. And I'm thrilled that you
0: mentioned the prominence of negativity because the effect that negativity can have on a business is pretty evident. A negative review or rating can be very costly and could lead certain consumers to avoid that place of business. As a personal anecdote, I will check on various online products to see what the rating is. And I often go to the most negative and see, okay, what is the baseline here? If I order this product from whatever vendor... What should I expect as my potentially worst experience? And I think customers do the same thing when they learn about a new business or a business at which they have not shopped before. And of course, there seems to be, as far as I've observed, a tendency, I think evolutionarily so, to remember the negative. There's a certain argument that if we remember all of our negative experiences, we can avoid them in the future, or we have some benefit, some leg up in remembering and fixating on negative experiences. But As a customer service employee, you have to try and quell that tide, so to speak, to actually maintain positivity, not only in yourself, but in the customer, which to me seems very challenging because most of us in our daily lives are doing our best to focus on ourselves, not necessarily in a selfish way, but to improve, to make sure that all of our needs and wants are met. And so, at the risk of taking a negative turn, I'd love to know if you find that challenging, or, as you'd mentioned earlier with the professional psyche you've constructed, perhaps you've found it easier and easier to maintain positivity in the face of what I imagine can be a variety of customer issues
1: and frustrations, and of course, your own day to day experiences. Assuming I wasn't the direct cause of the customer's anger, there are two likely scenarios that will exist. In the first, Again, being able to read people comes into play. Being able to be personable, polite, and understanding, rather than perhaps friendly, is key. Being able to diffuse a situation is a very handy tool, and sometimes it's enough to simply be a foil of their anger. Over time, I've found myself retroactively happy that I've put so much time and effort into creating this customer service persona. Because assuming I'm not the direct cause of someone's displeasure, simply being polite and understanding is enough to diffuse a situation before it gets out of hand. Needless to say, it often involves some form of capitulation. It involves giving the customer what they wanted, handling them in such a way that they feel that despite what had happened to them that they weren't happy with, they were able to come out on top. It isn't a competition by any means, but anger is powerful. It's, as you say, what drives people to negative reviews, and those negative reviews do have a substantial impact on a store. In my current position, there's only one metric that matters, and those are the surveys customers fill out when the transaction has been completed. And on these surveys, there's a ranking system, one through five, where a customer can provide feedback to the corporate offices on that employee's behavior. On these surveys, it's unfortunate that only a five matters, If it's not a 5, it's a 1, and you get marked accordingly. And so it's incredibly important to be able to bring people to that level where they are likely to rate a 5. It's important to go above and beyond what they'd expect. Most people aren't going to readily select 5 unless they really had a genuinely amazing experience, because of course that's 100%. That means nothing went wrong, you weren't inconvenienced by anything at all. Needless to say, sometimes it isn't that simple. It isn't enough to diffuse a situation. It's already out of your hands. Sometimes a customer will attack you personally, whether it was your fault or not, on grounds that are wildly unreasonable. Sometimes this is intentional, again, to get a leg up on the store because of their dissatisfaction. But even so, sometimes the mask fades away and you're left on the defensive, you're left in a fight or flight mentality because you've been provoked or you've provoked them and that is the point of no return for a negative interaction. That is where a day can be ruined for both you or the customer. That is a day that has consequences both as an employee or as a person. If nothing else, I'd like for people to toy more with the idea of positive thinking. In every interaction you have, big or small with another person, going through the extra effort to become someone else, someone perhaps outside of your comfort zone, who is more personable. If nothing else, I'd like for people to toy with the idea of positive thinking more and more in their daily lives. It isn't easy being friendly or charismatic all the time, but it's enough to make a difference psychologically, emotionally, I agree. And
0: I'd really like the audience to think about their interactions, especially from a customer perspective with various employees, not only those who are there to provide customer service, but in any number of departments. And I'd also like listeners to observe and take note of the interactions between consumers and the places they frequent and what that says about our presumptions or expectations about where respect should go, if it is two-directional, or if perhaps we feel and have concluded wordlessly as a society that certain individuals deserve less respect because they're earning money by giving us some of their time. And I certainly have an opinion on that, but I would welcome various thoughts from either side. And Nick, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on and providing this perspective that, frankly, I could not have. It was great to have you.
1: No, thank you, Kip. It's been a pleasure.
0: But of course, as ever, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have thoughts, comments, or opinions of any kind, you can connect with us via Twitter or Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and share this with people you think might also enjoy this podcast, as well as reviewing the show, letting us know how we are doing. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.